All right, welcome back to season three of StayCurious.org podcast. I'm your Chancellor of Curiosity, Mr. Hakey, and we're going to skip the news and the intros and just jump right into the show. we got a great show today. We are going to talk about body positivity and fashion and how the two can be used to bring a positive image to both fashion, mental health, and overall Good living, I guess. Uh, we have a beautiful pan- panel of women in the house, uh, and we're going to be talking about the upcoming Youngstown State University fashion show, the Everybody Fashion Show. Um, and instead of me mushmouthing it and adding to it, we're going to introduce the first guest, which is Professor Jen Frank, distinguished professor, award winner. Uh, Jennifer Frank, welcome. Thank you for having us. You're going to have to speak up, girl. Thank you, you for having there us. There you go. There you go. So tell us about yourself, the show, and how, how, how the uh, event is coming along. This is my second version, second time seeing it, so it'll be a little bit of a seasoned... Yeah, you uh, have some experience se- Yeah, I'm experienced. Time. Top yeah. model. For sure. Um, so this is the Everybody Fashion Show. It got started in 2013 in memory of Danielle Peters, one of our students who passed away in 2012 from bulimia. So we feature all shapes and sizes on the runway, all ages, all genders. It's a really good time to promote body positivity and honor her memory. Okay. And how's the uh, how's this year coming along with the kind of last year you had a pandemic version of it? And how about this year compared to in an indoor venue this time, right? It is an indoor venue, and we were worried about COVID up until about a few weeks ago, and now we don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> it's been coming along good. We got a great group of students, and we're all working together, and it's going to be a great show. Did, did you say this is your favorite class so far of your tenures? Oh, tenures of professing? course, yes. This you got is the, the best, best best class in the, the in best. the house. This is going to be the best show, right? Uh, absolutely. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, and so, what what are the five categories again? We have spring dresses, active wear, professional attire, streetwear, and a neon category. Okay. And how comfortable are you with this year so far compared to last year? About a week, what, 10 days out? I know. We're like a week and a half out. I think it's great. The outfits are coming together. We have some really creative outfits to show you. So you're I'm just sure. going to have to come and see. I'm waiting for your outfit. We'll do that after. Okay. We're going neon Fashion this year. Fashion show. Yeah. Um, so would you like to introduce the rest of your, your students and your models? Okay, I'm going to introduce first one of my best students, Maddie. She's going to tell you a little bit about our fashion production process. What's up, Miss Maddie? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Very well. Thank you for coming by. Oh, yeah. So tell me about your experience with the fashion show as a student uh, and your your experience so far. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. It's, you know, something that I don't usually do. I'm not a fashion major. So it's been fun to sort of dip my toes into a different process of production and just sort of like having something else to do. And you're a student at YSU? Yes. And your major is? Uh, telecommunications, which is like all forms of broadcasting and journalism. So what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to do satellite radio. Oh, interesting. Yeah. In what capacity? Um, An on-air personality. You know, you can live anywhere, just record your show and send it in. Like I'm doing. Exactly. Trying to, pretending. Pretend podcaster. It's working very well. Thank you very much. Um, so how long before you're done at YSU? Um, it's up in the air, whether it's a couple, like, two years, three years. Mm-hmm. And after that, you kind of know exactly what, what you want to do, or are you just going to wait until that happens? And um, So far, my experience has been a lot of opportunities, like, 
kind of handed to me, which is amazing. Okay. So just see if that luck continues. All right. Or force my way into somewhere. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, And if you don't mind passing it on and Miss 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 Nia, who introduced yourself, Miss Nia. All right. Well, I am not a YSU student. And when I grow up, I want to be retired from the jobs that I am working at. Exactly. (laughs) Um, This is my fourth year. uh, Well, first, my name is Nia. This is my fourth year being in the fashion show. Jen has forced me to do it. And this is really out of my wheelhouse because I don't like I'm very shy, believe it or not. I am. Um, I I was going to say that. I am. I am very shy. I don't like to be in public places. And here is good, but public places. Um, But I love it because I'm about um, body positivity. Mm -hmm. Um, I use, well, the very first one, I lost like 35 pounds. You go, girls. Right. I'm so proud of myself. Wow. Anyway, no, and it's be, it's funny because when I got into it the first year, I wasn't like, oh, I'm big, let me be in it. But when I seen myself, I looked unhealthy. So for me, the journey was to change my whole lifestyle. So I did. And then um, as time went on, as far as body positivity, I myself wrote a book, a children's book, um, towards uh, being, um, or it's about colorism, and which is still self-love and all of that. Yeah. So I had to go through a lot of stuff when I was younger, you know, being dark skinned and being black or whatever. So it all came together full circle, even though that was not the plan when she bullied me into doing it in the first place. Right. But I love it. And like I said, it's my fourth year and I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. We'll come back. I got a couple questions about your coloring book or your uh, children's book. But (laughs) and and next, Miss Miss Corinne. Yes. So my name is Corinne. Okay. Um, last year I was the speaker at the Everybody Fashion Show. I was also not a YSU student. Um, I have my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling, so I am a eating disorder therapist. Okay. Um, that's what I do in my everyday. Um, I see clients who have eating disorders, also general mental health, pretty much anything, um, while I have been in my own journey of recovery as well. So... Lots of good stuff coming. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear. And last but not least, Miss Erin. Hi, my name's Erin. Um, I'm a freshman at YSU. I don't really know what I'm going to major in or figure out in life, but hey, I'm Welcome here for to the, the ride. Club. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Welcome to the club. And what's your experience been so far with this uh, Everybody Fashion Show? It's been the best experience of my life. I can say that hands down. Before... Um, Jen approached me to be a part of the fashion show. I would have never thought myself to walk across a runway ever in my entire life. And once I did it, once I took those steps, I was in love. I knew that this is something I wanted to be a part of for the rest of my life until Jen retires, of course. And um, it just brings so much confidence in yourself that you never thought that you ever had. And even after doing the fashion show, you get that boost right after and I've been carrying that with me until even now. I keep carrying that with me all the time. That's awesome. Awesome. That's very, very good to hear. So are you going to take Jen's job then? Is that what I'm hearing? Um, you know, maybe. I'll <laughs> talk with her about it. <clears throat> I don't know. She just got that award. She might be uh, a little, get, hey, get her claws She deserves it. it. Relinquish it. Um, so Jen, tell me a little bit more about where you are right now as a professor at YSU in the show and kind of... I guess, can you elaborate on where you are right now, what's left to do in terms of making sure you're comfortable with what's coming along? 
Ooh, we're down to the wire here. We just have to get everybody's outfits together and put the model lineup together. Who's going to come out when and pick music. That's really the big thing. What do you mean? Pick what music's going to be in the show. Oh, that's you have a big, DJ? We, we have a DJ, yeah. And we have to choose what songs are going to be in the show. Ooh, that's going to be a fun process. Can you pick your, Can I pick my own song? No. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you, you can give Maddie some suggestions and maybe we'll, she'll, we'll she'll put them in there. Yeah, yeah. You send know. you some Spotify lists. Oh, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, so go back to the, the, you know, the student, Danielle. Um, is the family involved again this year? Are they going to be on site or at the show? Or Yes, they are definitely going to be there um, front and center. And her mother is involved for the first time this year, but we don't want to give away what she's doing. Ooh, you just have to come surprise. To the show and see. Yeah. Surprise at a fashion show. Awesome. Yeah. We're very happy that very she's good. doing it this year. Oh, secrets. Oh. Now everyone gets secrets? No. <laughs> okay. And Maddie is okay. sworn to secrecy if she wants to keep her A. Oh. <laughs> so you know. You know. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Very good. I can't feel this. So with this year, do you, who's your – I know Shakur's not here. Uh, is, am I saying her name right? Yeah. Shakura? Yeah. Um, do you have, last year she was all into it. You, you were like she, leaning on her hardcore. She was militant at the show. Who else is kind of stepping up in that for this show? This She'll year? be back, of course, on the runway, making yeah. her runway debut. Um, but all the students from last year are coming back to model. Okay. They're all really excited. Once they take the class, you know, they want to be a part of it. So okay. we're any, happy to have them all. Any uh, besides uh, the the. the Lovely ladies here. Any any students out there that are kind of accelerating and meeting your expectations? As models? Uh, no, students of the fashion show, like oh. putting it together in your classes and kind of just. Definitely Maddie. All right. She's been the all-star. Awesome. On this Look press tour with me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Corinne, uh, I think you spoke last year. Yes, I spoke last year. Um, and how many events have you spoken either at the Everybody Fashion Show or just events in, in general? So that was my first and still oh. my only. Okay. Uh, it was really a special experience, um, and I really still remember it to this day, and it's something I always cherish um, and something my family and my uh, fiancé does as well. Uh, your fiancé is in mental health? No, he's just like, he's been a part of this journey professionally and personally with me. Uh, okay, perfect. We've been together for almost eight years so it's been a long time nice he's seen everything congratulations um, yeah so he's what really is this proud. what is this it's slam poetry it's slam oh shit yeah we could do both we could do both, both is acceptable yeah. ah okay ah okay okay i like it um, so can you tell me a little bit like your per personal perspective? You can share your journey if you want or kind of where you are presently like with your profession. Either one is Yeah, I'll do all share. the above. Okay. Um, so everything for me started when I was in eighth grade. So that was who 2009. Um, so that was a long time ago. Um. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, like, I'm like, sorry. <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. So that was. So wait, everyone in here is above eighteen, right? Like. Yes. Yeah. I'm now 25, if that helps. Um, Keep on. Yeah. 
<laughs> so right? everything started around then. Um, I started a new school in middle school, and being the new girl is really hard. Um, I found myself like being picked on a lot, and that really just stuck with me throughout everything. Um, and then around the middle of high school, so I would say sophomore and junior years, when I played, started playing volleyball. Um, well, I played actually earlier, but that's intensely when I started doing it. Um, and we had high expectations and a coach who was very rigid in what they wanted from us. Um, and they expected a lot of us in practice and also outside. So we would do two a days where we'd practice for four hours in the morning and then mm-hmm. four hours at night to be able to do all that. And then I did stuff in between and after. So there was a lot of exercise on my part. And I, that was my first year being varsity. So I wanted to be the best ever. Um, so I really started restricting my food, um, and doing pretty much anything that I could to be the best, but also to be the skinniest person in the room, because ultimately that was my goal and nothing else mattered. Um, and those ideals stuck with me for a long time. Um, I still played volleyball in college at Kent State on the club team, um, and I was still restricting pretty heavily and no one knew about it. Uh, I would say the only one that really knew was my fiancé or boyfriend at the time. Um, And he always encouraged me to get help, but I just never believed that I had an eating disorder or I had anything wrong with me. Um, I thought I was just normal and living my normal life when I really wasn't. Um, I was the same size and the same weight from when I was in ninth grade up until I was 22 years old. And that's really hard because when you're growing, everything of you is growing and none of that for me was happening. So I was really small, and I was really um, fatigued and tired and exhausted all the time, mm-hmm. and I just was so irritable, um, and I really couldn't do anything for myself, and I really only cared about fulfilling the needs of my eating disorder. Um, and it wasn't until, I believe, the end of undergrad and beginning of grad school was when I started to seek out treatment, um, and I really just felt like I need to do something about this because I was miserable every day and all I cared about was okay how can I restrict this next meal like my whole day was consumed around food and what I was going to do next and I just did everything I could to be able to avoid it until I couldn't anymore and I was at a point where things were really bad I was really underweight Um, my body was hardly hanging in there and mentally I was at a point where I never thought I could get back from that's got to be a tough I mean I can't I, I can't speak personally on any type of issue like that or mental health issue I can speak mental health wise not the body stuff but I'm curious what mentally what did that do to you I mean how did how did you kind of rebound how did you kind of get to where you are like what was the the motivation what tell me more about that if you can because that's kind of where I'm more curious about besides obviously the the body positivity aspect of things but I'm the mental impact that it has because I know it's a big issue for everybody and it's a big issue for people that don't even know that they're battling it it's just the mental health component is so big but if you can share for sure yeah um I would say that my eating disorder destroyed not only me but my body image and I still to this day really don't have that great of one and I'll be honest in saying that Um, It's something that I've worked in therapy for multiple years on, and it's not anything that I've really made a lot of progress on, but little pieces here and there I've Mm -hmm. made compared from where I was at five or ten years ago compared to where I'm at now is so different. And I really believe that therapy is what saved my life, honestly. Eating disorder treatment, um, higher levels of care, everything. So, you, I mean, you, it got to a point, it sounds like you just committed and you started going, and it was this self-induced 
like you did it or did you kind of come into a dark spot where you needed help and people intervened? Yeah. So I would say a little bit of both. Okay. Um, it started in grad school. I was really just, I was doing well in class, but that was the only thing I was doing well in. Everything else was tanking. Relationships were horrible. I was losing friends left and right. I almost lost my boyfriend at the time. Um, I was really putting everything on the line to keep this eating disorder intact. And once he finally came up to me and was like, we have to do something about this. Like, I cannot watch you live like this anymore. And I just, something inside of me broke. And I was like, okay, this is the time. It's now or never. I have to do something. Because in grad school, especially when you're going to be a counselor, they preach self-care and they preach like doing the things to better your mental health so you can better others. And I had to take this step for myself. So... I started um, in a partial hospitalization program where you're there for seven hours a day, every day. And after uh, like doing that for a month, that wasn't enough. And I had to do residential for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I stepped back through the process. And then COVID hit. And it was really hard. Everything moving to virtual. Um, but I managed to stay fighting through it. And here I am today. Awesome. Yeah. In, in a good part of the journey, right? Yes. Healthy part of the journey, finally. Yes, because now I can fulfill my dream of helping others with eating disorders yeah. um, and being able to help them show that this is something that's possible and something that you can do. Yeah. And it's you don't have to live that way forever if you don't want to. Wow. That's great. That's really great. Thank you. Um, are, so you, you don't know if you're speaking this year? I'm not, no. no. Um, but one of my friends is speaking, okay. and she's great. So I'm Very looking good. forward to hearing her story. Awesome, awesome. Erin, um, this is for you. As a first-year student, yes. after you hear this story and your exposure to this, uh, what what's your overall personal take on the, the everything not just the show but the the mental health component is this your first time being exposed to this type of stuff in such an intimate environment no so I have always struggled with food and weight all my life um family not trying to be rude but they would always tell me oh you're getting a little chunky oh you know maybe it's time we stop eating this or stop eating that and so I was always restrictive I never got to the point of an eating disorder, but mentally it was, I believe, similar and damaging. Um, constantly thinking about what other people are thinking about me, about my body, rather than thinking about who they think I am as a person. And in high school, that wasn't always the easiest, but now coming to college, even throughout this past summer of growing for myself, I've realized that I am who I am and I need to accept that rather than to fight it. And so being in the fashion show triggered something in my brain along with the fact that you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for other people. I will always strive for self-love rather than getting validation Mm -hmm. at this point in my life. If you would have asked me five years ago, I would have told you that I needed every single person to tell me I looked beautiful or your hair looks great today. But now I can confidently look at myself in the mirror and tell myself that I know that I'm beautiful. Every single part of me. And so hearing other people's stories and able to feel exactly how they felt in certain situations is just adds to how much I love self-love and body positivity. Absolutely. Absolutely. The self-love is a big thing. A lot of people 
use that term, but they don't really know what the hell it is. They right. don't know how to self-love because they think it's an external source of, you know, Needing it, validation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, I have a, a good buddy of mine that talks about self-love and he, he, he equates it to, I'm assuming everyone's flown. Right? Everyone's no. been on a fucking... You haven't been on an airplane? Never. What? I just read a stat today, random information. 80% of the United States hasn't been on an airplane, they say. What? I am a uh, part uh, of that uh, 80. Flight was just last month. Really? Yep. Really? Yep. And you haven't been on an airplane yet? Never. Oh, that's where... Fuck the bar after this. We're going to the <laughs> airplane. We'll just do it like a quick... A, a spirit trip. Yeah. <laughs> private jet? Does anybody, yeah, anybody right? have a private jet? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but one of my right, yeah right. Uh, but one of my a good friend of mine, um, I did a podcast last year about love and curiosity and how they go together with uh, like in relationships and whatnot. One of the biggest things that they talk about in everybody that's doing these types of conversations and whatnot is self love, and everyone has this like clinical idea of it and like their own spin but my buddy told me the best way is like self-love is like the equivalent of when you're traveling on an airplane mm -hmm. and they're telling you like in case of emergency the oxygen dr max ma mask drops down like they tell you to put it on first like if you're an adult versus the children and the reason being is because if you can't breathe you can't help this child exactly. and this is a way that he explains self-love and it might be different you know i think that's a great metaphor for the general public, but especially with men, because they have that self-love issue that's a different set of Legos. But like that's the best way that I can describe self-love is like you have to take care of yourself. This isn't selfishness. This isn't rude or inconsiderate. It's not narcissism. It can't be blurred. Like and you gotta love yourself before you love anybody else. Whether it's a spouse, a parent, a child, your family, friends. If you don't love that, and that takes a lot of work though. Oh yeah. It took me about six months or so to really understand what the definition of self-love was and to gain that confidence that I have now. And even to this day, my friends and family are always like, how are you so confident in yourself? How can you just think like that? And I, if I'm being honest, I used to stand in front of the mirror and I would just go, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're smart, you're independent, and you can do whatever your heart desires. And ever since then, I have gained all the confidence that I need. And I hope that I can put that confidence also into other people and out into the general public to understand that you can have the same confidence as other people. Absolutely. You just have to dig so deep down into yourself and figure out that you need to make this happen. You got to face the truth. Yes. All of it, not partial. You can't turn cheek, you know, mm -hmm. you got you got to face all of it. And uh, that, that's tough for a lot of people, especially, especially nowadays with the social media and the current right. culture and environment where everybody's like kind of glamming it up. And, you know, it's like glamour shots by Deb everywhere you look on Instagram. <laughs> Everyone's got a filter or right. fucking, you know, like flawless skin or filtered or and whatever. That's, that's not the real world. It's not. It's not. Seeing people on the street or seeing people when you're walking to class or in your car driving. Right. Those are normal people. Yeah. You can't just look on social media and expect you to look exactly like Jennifer Lopez or Lady Gaga or whoever. Right? You can't look like those people. Right. right. Half the time they're photoshopped. Half the time there's yeah. filters or extreme lighting, extreme makeup. But it's just something that you need to think about long and hard. Write it down. Just give yourself affirmations of trying to 
really truly love yourself absolutely but it's a verb love is a verb right right so it's like it's not a milestone that you get you just got to keep going every day and it's not something though that is it's like a, a tide you can't you love yourself overall right for sure but it's not something that once you get there you can't it's not just there it's maintain maintenance right constantly checking in with yourself mm-hmm. not bullshitting yourself right. that's the biggest thing that i've noticed like with the all of this stuff of getting this podcast and media company up and talking you know with mental health mental health is my favorite i've been in therapy for like almost 10 years um when i was in san diego i had the same therapist for eight years so miss laney if you're listening i miss you <laughs> <laughs> we're probably due for my quarterly check-in <laughs> but i didn't know i thought i could do it myself you know i mm-hmm. was battling anxiety and just a different point in my life in my early 30s. And I, I just committed. I was like, fuck this. I got good insurance. I'm going to go. And I started going. And I, I ended up finding a therapist that I went through multiple relationships with, multiple right. life events. And from a male standpoint, I didn't care at the time. I was like, fuck this. Like, I need to go. Like, it's important to me. But there's that stigma with the, with the males of not getting the help that they need, but someone that's done it, it's like after eight years, I'm a different person. My therapist told me like eight years later, she's like, you are one of my favorites to come in and listen to because you have changed so drastically from when I first saw you. I went in with a girlfriend, it was couples therapy and I walked in and as you know, I am white, I am bald and I have tattoos. So I came in with a t-shirt and right away just judging a book by her cover she was taking my girlfriend's side and I don't mean taking her side but leaning towards that but then after this is where she said eight years later she's like when I first saw you she's like I thought you were just a standard male like I I don't know what that is you know I can't let but she says like she's like to see that what you've done by just taking ownership and coming she's like it's beautiful and so that kind of helped me. That kind of pushed me into the, this, trying to do this as a living. Because um, again, mental health is just—it's huge, you know. And it's—it's it's, it's a one-way trip to oblivion for for us all. But you got to take care of your body and all that good stuff. So, um, thank you for sharing. Of course. Thank you for sharing. Uh, you, Miss Nia, I got one for you now. Oh my goodness. For four years, this is your fourth show. Yes. And what has been your experience in since the first time up to coming into now, like from a personal journey? It sounds like you went through some well, some changes and Okay. Well, um like I said, I'm shy <clears throat> and I'm going to stick to that. Oh no. So um I I had fun doing it just because I wanted to help her out. But now I'm like expecting it. Um the first year, like I said, I didn't look, I didn't think, I mean, I knew I was big, but I didn't think, ooh, I was unhealthy. So after seeing that first picture in 2018, I ended up, well, that and a wedding I was going to be in. So all that grouped together, I decided to make a lifestyle change. So I went natural. I went um, vegan. So like I said, I gained or I lost oh shoot, 35 pounds um, that year. And for me, it was, I needed to tell everyone 
to change your lifestyle. Don't go on, a, don't go do an egg diet or no fast diet or what a water diet. None of that. You have to change your inside. So that's been my journey to help other people. Now, as far as the body positivity, I've never really had an issue. Like I said, I was big, but I never felt like, oh my goodness, I'm ugly. Oh my goodness, I'm dark. I'm not pretty. I never really had that issue, so I can't speak on that. However, I feel like I've always had confidence. So for me to have confidence, I need to make sure my kids had confidence. So like you said, take care of yourself first because you can't do anything with anybody else. So that's always been me since I can remember when I was a young child. So, um, and also what was in my favor, I believe being that I was dark and being that I was picked on, I felt like I was different. So that in itself gave me confidence I'm not even going to say I even knew that because in elementary, you don't know what confidence is. Yeah. And you don't know that, oh, this person's dark or this. You just know that you're different because why are they picking on you? But the funny thing is when people were picking on me, it was the people who look like me. So I knew how to get along with everyone because I went to private schools most of my life. I was always around people who don't look like me and the people that look like me are talking about me. So I knew how to do all of that even now. So my journey was just to help other people love their self, even young girls or well, from, cause from a girl point. So I'm young girls all the way up to grown women and women that's older than me. I think it's important it because is. there's a lot Very of much. grown women out here who don't love themselves, who's getting, who's cutting themselves, you know, or putting stuff in themselves to make them look pretty because of what social media or society say what is pretty. So that's my journey to help other people. Interesting. Very good. And so do you have your, uh, your category picked out yet? I do. I want to be neon. So, but you do you have your outfit ready? Now, see, now, now, sir, now, <laughs> sir, doing, sir, sir. All right, sir, oh shit, too about much. to pop off. <laughs> um, I do, but I might change. But I, I do. Okay. Actually, yes. I All right. Do. So you're set. You're just counting down the days now. I am. Oh, now, I are am. you Ohio, Ohio native? Yes, I am. From born Ohio. and raised. Yes, born and raised. I used to live in Maple Heights. Okay. Ooh, Mustangs. Where have anybody out there? Right. And where, yes. where are you now? What'd you say? Look at you down the street. Okay. Oh, but and, yeah. And where you where you live now? I live in Youngstown, Ohio. Okay. Yes. Is everyone in Youngstown basically? Where 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 about you? I I I just moved here two years ago as the pandemic oh. happened, so oh I'm still God. getting acclimated with this whole. Are you from here? No, nah, my story's all fucked up. As so. long as you're not from Pittsburgh. I don't. That's okay. I, no, he's not. He's from Youngstown, but he's a Steelers fan I, you and know what? I'm a Michigan like fan. I know. Well, now I am go blue. Oh, <laughs> well, now okay. Old, you can you can pass the mic now. <laughs> 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 no, I uh, quick story on me. I was uh, my dad is from Finland. That's where my name Hakey comes from. So Hakey, uh, or I'm sorry, my dad was born in Finland. Mom was born in England. They met and made four people. I was the eldest. I and my sister were made in Houston, Texas. And then I lived in Rome, New York, Panama City Beach, Florida, West Germany, and then Ohio by age 12. I did high school out in Madison, Lake County, went to Kent State, uh, went to Lakeland, junior college, played baseball, Kent State for two years. And then after I got that degree, I, I dipped out to California. He actually imported me. Uh, we went to college together. This is my long-term buddy, Al Miller, just sitting here. Sorry, who is that? No words, no words. About? Uh, and so yeah, Al Miller, Al Miller, Project Falcor, he's been on the episode a couple times, but 
Uh, he he. I was in Houston at the time, and I got to go out to California. Um, I went out there with a job, found myself. Kind of like everybody leaves school is fucking clueless. It's like, oh, this is what I'm going to go do. I thought I could do that, mm-hmm. and had reality slap me in the face. Uh, and then I ended up in California for 14 years, and I moved back uh, here uh, in March of 2020, right as the pandemic was happening. So I got the COVID version of Cleveland. The first two months, three months where that shit was happening, I was in this apartment, and I was supposed to be by coastal This place was bare bones, nothing in it. I had an air mattress, that plant hanging up, and a stack of books for two months. Talking, it was like, it's like an ant farm of humans right here. I can't go out. I don't know anybody. I don't have a car. So you talk about mental health. That was a test. I was tested beyond my own. I was strong mentally, but that that broke. Because I left my firm after 12 years, moved to a new city, don't know anybody so the pandemic is happening so yeah that was uh that's how i got here are you a cleveland browns fan is what i want to know oh man no i mean i like cleveland sports i'll cheer cleveland but i don't get into the player debacles anymore okay as long as you cheer cleveland yeah i I actually though this year though i I got a good buddy of mine uh that we talk sports about and he's the player personnel guy he knows everybody and i know this is going to be controversial but this trade for this new quarterback I think it's going to be awesome. So now I'm a fan of the personnel just for the drama and the gossip in sports of it. Well, I'm a season ticket holder, and I was not happy with the Baker, the whole thing. But I'm excited about our season, and that's all that matters. Thank you. That's That's the thing. Like, the personnel thing is not to me. I just want to see them win. That's it. The politics and the BSing and the the gossip girl or gossip boy, whatever, it's just just too much for me. It's like, win. Just fucking win and entertain me. That's That's it. it. Give me something to do on Sunday. but So I am Cleveland all around in terms of supporting it here, but I don't know if I'm going to stay here forever. I'm, I'm not sure yet. Don't. <laughs> Who gets the mic next? Uh, well, Jen, how about you? You got anything to ask? Or this could be an open, open question for everybody with the idea of – with. Go. well, yeah, she can, she can rock it. Uh, your perspective on the mental health, fashion, and body positivity – these, these, this trinity of, of yeah. uh, I think it's actually a really good movement. I have found though for myself, it could become like very toxic, very quickly, toxic positivity. Yeah. So for myself, I started working more towards like body neutrality of like my body is not me. I am my body. I provide more to a space than just my physical body. And like, I grew up, I was very athletic. I played soccer for 10 years of my life. What position? Uh, defender. Nice. I just like knocking people over. I'm German. I've got that build. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the linebacker body, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it was just a thing of, I was always the biggest person on the team, you know, full of these like skinny runners. And it like kind of demolished me. And I got to the point where I just had to quit because I couldn't continue to be that way and to look at myself and like go to the doctor and have them be like, oh, you know, you're unhealthy because of like the BMI index, which is complete and utter BS. Um, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I was like, okay, try body positivity. I'm going to tell myself that I'm beautiful. And it just became this thing of it became a front. I was lying to myself all the time. And so I couldn't do that anymore. And so I was like, you know what? 
I am more than my body. Mm-hmm. And so, hi. <laughs> and so, that's just where I ended up, is I provide more than just my physical being. And I'm sure Aaron can attest to this. When you grow up bigger, you develop a huge sense of humor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that a... That is the universal big girl experience is you become the funniest person in a space. And that is what I will have my number one personality trait. Anytime somebody asks me is I'm funny. I'm funny first, a human second. There you go. I like it. I like it. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. You all right? Yeah. I'm just emotional. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. It's the ones that aren't that are scary. Yes. The, the the people that are not. I, I mean, you, you're laughing. That's an emotion. It's yeah. yeah. The robots are like, oh shit, get out They're of like, here. They're like, oh, right. What is she doing? Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So you you've had a good experience so far with the show, dealing with the overall personal experience and blending the two and yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, it's been a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, just expressing opinions in the classroom and you know working together as a team. It's really strengthened my, like, teamwork and communication and, like, listening skills, trying to take in everybody's opinion and try to find that middle ground that'll make hopefully everybody happy. There's still going to be the people that are upset about it, and they just have to get over it. They have to be an adult. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's been an experience, and it's been a lot of fun trying to figure out everything and sort of, you know, hashing it out in a classroom of what everybody wants and trying to find that good middle ground that makes everybody happy very good very good yeah and so this is a question for the whole panel here and by the way this is my biggest podcast ever i've had five guests this is awesome well five and a half with Ooh. al sitting here oh <laughs> five five and a half yeah one of the guys he's got one of the most interesting lives ever lives on a fucking sailboat just travels everywhere and he's like i'm just gonna sit this one out <laughs> anyway so with this whole issue not issue with the whole show coming up, everybody fashion show. It's a great cause. I'm thank you for Miss Jen for inviting me and getting me involved. But it's an open ended question, and I'll try to condense it. But give me some points to get out here first. It's fashion. We all like fashion. I don't give a shit what you're into. We got to dress ourselves. It's a statement. There's this idea with social media. It's all you can get the latest fashion, and fashion changes like the seasons every six months, three months. With this idea, and if you can focus with me, there's like a male version and then the female version traditionally. Now, with this all-around show, what do you think the current state of body positivity, fashion, and everything is? Like, moving forward, what do you want to see come out of the show? And then what do you want to see in society change? More deep questions, deep question. I know, but yeah. like more confidence. Um, there's been a thing that I've sort of been learning about, and the internet is not a great source of information, but yet it still is. Um, there's been a lot of talk. I don't know if anybody else has seen it on TikTok about the male gaze. No, t- please okay. elaborate. So basically, um, not to not to dog on men, but to dog on men. Um, it has always been a male-dominated society, and they have always sort of dictated what women should look like, what women should wear, how they look, everything. And so 
I feel like these past couple years, especially in COVID, has been a lot of women unlearning that. Have been, like, especially me, looking inwards and saying, I dress like this because I wanted male attention and male validation. And it's been that unlearning process, and that's given me a lot more confidence of now I'm dressing for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm dressing how I want to dress, what I want to look like. That's seven piercings in my body and more to come. That's, you know, wearing baggy clothing. That's not showing off my body. That's not caring what men have to say about how I look. And I feel like that's a, a way that society is going right now is a lot more women are sort of having that look inside and sort of realizing that, oh, a lot of what I've done has been because men have said, well, we don't like girls who do that. We don't like women who dress like this. You need to be this to have, you know, a husband, a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. All right. So you, you got some you got some goals. You, you'll say changing. Yeah. Evolving, if you will. From yeah. A personal experience. Anyone else want to try to add or sprinkle some opinion in there? I'm stuck. Oh, I know. I what do I want to see society do? Um, I would like to see more dark skinned people on runways in white venues. Now in Youngstown, it's so funny because I believe were you just on the show for at a bridal cup? Maybe it wasn't you. Yeah. Okay, so it's still the thin girls. It's still the blonde girls. But yeah, they're saying body 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 positivity. Yeah, no, you're still not including everybody. Right. So and it's so funny because every year that I've been in the show and the news, the news around covers it. They say body positivity, but guess who they put on here? The skinny girls, the ah. blonde girls, the young girls. I want. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't want. I'm not saying it because I want to be on TV because it adds ten pounds. I don't need that on me. But um, <laughs> I want to see other people because I don't like. I said I don't have a positivity issue, but I know that society needs to see. To the for the campaign aspect of it, exactly. for the, for the so awareness of it. Like yes. I would like our media to actually do what they say they're going to do, like okay. put more people out there. So you think it's like a, it's like they greenwashing? You've heard that term where people say like, "Oh, we're recycling this," but they're like they're not doing anything. They're not really. They're saying so it's it just like it sounds a good sound bite, exactly, but exactly. they're not really putting it out there. So you want to see actual more accountability and execution of it than actually just talking about it? Yeah, lip I service. Do. All right, fair enough. That's that's, that's game. And how about you, Miss Corinne? I have some thoughts. Oh shit! You, you're gonna have to speak up a little louder because okay, I know I you're 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 already soft. I could tell it. You're That's gonna okay. be like, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got right some now. notes. You got some lungs. Let's see it. Yeah. So, being a therapist, um, I see a lot of things, and I think the main thing is that people, not even just eating disorders, but society as a whole, get stuck in this all-or-nothing thought mindset where they either have to be within body negativity or body positivity and you can't be anything else and they get stuck in it mm -hmm. and I hate that because I don't think that's realistic sorry and a lot of my clients I always encourage like Maddie was saying body neutrality and she even mentioned body liberation is also a perspective that you can have where you're more than your body and this is empowerment and you can accept all sizes genders everything it doesn't matter what you identify as um, so there's just so much more than negativity or positivity. And I just want everyone to try to start unlearning that like we've talked about. And I think it's a good stepping stone. Awesome. Awesome. And how about you, Ms. Erin? Um, in society, I just 
Hold on. Let me get my thoughts together. All right. Take your time. <laughs> a little, little pause. I, I think I've been preaching this whole episode to love, just to love. Um, you need to also, as much as you love yourself and preach yourself, and that is amazing, you need to be looking out for others as well. Friends, family, people in class, people at work. Um, I just want to see society grab love and hold it tight. In the fact that we love ourselves, we love what we're doing, we love what our future is going to be. We just need to make sure we love that. And if we don't, we need to change it in any way we can, any way you want to. Because your life's your life. And in your own body, you can do whatever you want. You can dress how you want. You can act how you want. And you can preach that to anybody. And somebody else will always be standing by your side. So having that love, having that support, I think is what is most important in trying to get body positivity, body neutrality, body liberation moving. Having support, being helpful to others, wanting to get together with friends and have conversations just like how we're talking right now because it's not really talked about. You see some posts on social media about fashion and Photoshop and body positivity, but nobody in real life really talks about it unless it's brought up in a way of negative. Yeah, it's pretty taboo. For the most part, like it's like a, it's a talked about topic behind closed doors, but not like in public. Right. Unless it's like, like you said, it's a, a news bite or a sound bite. And I think that's in my answering my own question is like what I want to see is be, people will be able to talk about it in a healthy manner, have discussions mm-hmm. about it versus talk at people and say, this is what you need to do. Right. This is what we have to do or what you should doing. I don't see a lot of people and I'm not in this arena of fashion and modeling and mental health like you are but I just don't see a lot of people just observation wise like I don't see a lot of people like having like in-depth conversations about it and getting a point of curiosity from the other person and I mean Al and I talk about I've known him for so long we've had multiple conversations where he's a very smart man I'm a I I got some knowledge up here but like (laughs) a lot of the times we ended up talking and and we, we forget that we're trying to have like a philosophical conversation of exchanging ideas versus just talking at each other. And I think with this topic of body positivity and all everything, it's like just people like gear up and ammo themselves to just like right. shoot shit at people and say, this is what you should need to know without having a fully, fully open. full under, open conversation about it mm-hmm. and being able to talk to somebody that is struggling from it. Because I know a lot of people, this podcast, this brand that I do, I've done it for like eight or nine years, like the social media component of it, but I didn't podcast for the last few years. And it's new to me because I understand the mental health component. What is very, very new to me is, because when you go to the, like my Instagram, I love Instagram. That's my guilty pleasure. That's, I don't tweet TikTok, Facebook, but Instagram, oh my goodness, I you love it. You should TikTok. It yeah, I great. don't even look at my, like my health settings on my phone. It's like, you've been on here for two weeks. It's like, it's only one weekend to the month, but whatever. <laughs> but I have, you know, when you go to this uh, staycurious.org Instagram, you don't see me. I'm. This is not me. You don't see my face. You see the logo, the thinking ape with the headphones on. 
you see the question mark and it's just that but i get a lot of strangers a lot of no like i don't even know these people reaching out your content has helped people are struggling mentally and i my heart my person goes out to these because they, they're talking they're unloading like personal stories and i feel bad because if i was sitting with them i would have that conversation ask questions and get engaged but i'm thumbing it in and that's just trying to do self-directed learning right. let alone a topic such as body positivity the self-love because that's an intimate intimate arena like, like, obviously, it's emotional. Like, you have to face everything. You can't just be like, oh, uh, save surface level, and that's it. But that's what I want to see is people be able to have more conversations with each other, share ideas about it, and, and follow up. Don't just have one-on-ones and be like, box is checked, I talked about it, and then move on. Right. That's what I'm hoping for out of uh, all of this, this new kind of lens, if you will. Um, but again, Al, you want to add anything? <laughs> just auditing yeah he's 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 my audio engineer or audit engineer yeah i guess um jen what do you got you got you want to add anything you're the you're the queen of this uh, what was the new title the award distinguished faculty award winner Ooh, i didn't was bougie in the title or no mm, it is now only you other what am I, chopped liver? Right? I'm sitting right next to you. Oh. I just want to see like it being talked about with young girls, like from when you're very little, and try to make them realize, you know, that the beauty starts within themselves. I have a mom bringing a young girl. She said, I think my daughter has an eating disorder. I heard about this fashion show. She's five. What? So she's bringing her daughter in the hopes of seeing, you know, all these people on the runway, and I'm going to put her in touch with Corinne and where she works. And I have another mo- repeat model who said, I think I have to go to, like, an Overeaters Anonymous. I have an issue. I'm going to put her in touch as well this year. So I want to see it, you know, start from a young age. Interesting. Yeah. Five? Five. Holy sh! Is it really? I thought at five you just eat whatever your mother puts on your plate. <laughs> I mean, I don't. We see a lot of people at our private practice, the whole institute. We see a lot of children actually with eating disorders. Um, not to give too much away, but a lot of them are under the age of ten. Um, lots of adolescents and young adults, and every age group as well. But especially recently, we've been seeing a lot of kids. Wow. Yeah. Is it like historic? Like, has it always been like that over the last like 20, 30 years? Or is that just a pandemic correlation here? Or um, I think it's a combination of the pandemic, but also the growth of social media and everyone needing that. Kids have access to technology when they're babies now. Yeah. Like, I grew up when technology wasn't when I was young, but I was at, like a young teenager. And Facebook and everything in MySpace was just starting. But they have access to so much more stuff these days. So they get these ideals at such a young age, and it's really hard. Like bad influences, right? Yeah. Like, it's just so much. Bad to- influences, but not knowing any better and being naive and young. You don't know any better when you're that young. Exactly. Holy shit. I, that's... That's it's disturbing. really young. That's very disturbing. Yeah. I can remember in my elementary school, uh, right next to the cafeteria, there were always posters about like eating healthy and being mindful about what goes into your body. In elementary school, 
I was six years old walking past those posters every day, taking mm-hmm. that in about being mindful about what goes in your body. And this is what a healthy meal looks like. And, you know, and it's good. It promotes good, but it could quickly become too much. And especially when you're constantly feeding that in. And cafeterias feed like the overprocessed food, which isn't good. So it's that balance of you're trying to force something good that you are not promoting yourself as well. Yeah. And there was one. all these talks, at least in my school, of like obviously being healthy and being mindful about what you eat. And when you're a little, you take that to the extremes, obviously. Yeah, you have no idea. You're like so perceptive or perceptive. What is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Like a sponge. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You're a sponge. That you age. absorb so Sorry. much. Yeah. My bush and- mouth is horrible, but <laughs> yeah, you're a sponge. Yeah. But you also have no emotional intelligence. Like, like, like you're coming online yeah. as a child. So that's got to be yeah like, super powerful, influential. And Aaron and I grew up with like Facebook starting and YouTube starting and all of that. And so that was a lot of social media when we were younger was unchecked and what it promoted and any like sort of guidelines mm-hmm. of promoting like good things now there's so many guidelines um i know on instagram like especially if you're posting things about covid19 like it will say you know check the facts and it will come up with a link mm-hmm. and so now like social media is putting that in to help protect people but when aaron and i were younger there was nothing yeah and yeah it's the dominoes were, the dominoes and, were already set you yeah. know when i would get home all the commercials would be for like all these diet pills. So you're consuming that in at a young age too. Yeah. All, you know, the new, what is it? Nutristart or something like that. Where it's like all these women holding up their jeans. And it was like, I went from a size 26 to a size four in three weeks. That's healthy. <laughs> Said no one ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I know for Aaron and I, it's a lot of like that unchecked social media at a very young age. And, you know, I don't know how old you were when you first got a phone. I was in middle school and it was a flip phone, which I think helped me. Uh, yeah. But all of my friends in late elementary school, early middle school had smartphones, had iPhones. And they were on social media, and they would show me things. And yeah, it, Generation Z, they call that, Yeah, right? Gen Z. Right, yeah, Gen Z. We're Zoomers, so, you know, it was a lot of seeing that, and that was obviously when Photoshop was really big. Now celebrities are kind of taking, they're taking a little bit more accountability for what they post, but it was a lot of celebrities Photoshopping themselves to be stick thin and promoting that that was healthy. Yeah. So, I know Aaron and I, we sort of grew up in that, like, in between of like the very skinny supermodel grunge of the 90s was just leaking over into the early 2000s when we were growing up and then this start of social media we got no break between like uh different unhealthy examples of how to look it was just one right after another that yeah. we had to deal with and consume at a very young age Interesting. Ugh. that's a lot I, i'm glad i missed that go ahead you know what's funny listening to him now i feel like i'm the old person oh wait i'm gonna ask how old are you so i am i'm 48 my oldest is 28 and my uh, my daughter's 28 my son is 25 okay and it's funny hearing y'all talking but when my kids were younger i made sure um that 
I always tell people I created a monster in my daughter because I wanted her, and she's this color. She's the color of my hand, the other side of my hand. And my son is dark skinned like me. But I taught them to be confident in themselves. You don't have to wear a glob of makeup. My daughter, not my son. But you don't have to wear a glob of makeup. <laughs> you don't have to have all the girls in yeah, the yeah. school to be beautiful or handsome. So when media started coming around, I would. I think they were about 14 and whatever's three years younger than that, 11. Like they were in that age. So the flip phone, I do remember that. So I watched them grow into social media where they are still positive about themselves. So like you said, they have to start, we have to start young. Yeah. Uh, but the sad thing is I, I got them right. However, women older than me are feeling like how you guys are now. And that's sad to me. Like, no, like who told you you're not beautiful unless you cut half your body off. Right. You know, so it's it's really mind boggling that now I'm about to keep being involved because I have to continue with my journey. Right. As I said, bullied. Right. Okay, but I, it's just mind-boggling. You were commandeered. I'm on both. You were com oh. you were commandeered. <laughs> it's just sad to me to see it on both ends. Yeah. You know, and I, I just now I just see I have to just be more involved. That's all. But I feel bad because we dropped the ball. I, yeah. My age dropped the ball on both ends, on our own selves, and then our kids that are coming up after us. Well, don't don't beat yourself up because I mean I think this is a, I, I think this is something where with the rise of social media and the connectivity, like these vanity metrics that everyone is focusing on, they're just external, but they're not like they're sharing with everybody else. It's, it's vanity. In my that's opinion, true. that's true. But when you think about it, we didn't have social media at one point. There was a time when it was just nothing. Yeah. But you had national Enquirer. You had people magazine checking out at the grocery store and oh, they had true. best dress Okay, men's sexiest true. men so it but was just I mean, in a print format yeah. now I, it's just accessible for everybody yeah. you had to go read then and buy something and get it in right. the mail or like dial up and be like hear that annoying sound and be like here's a picture that takes yeah. 20 minutes to download now it's just like swipe life and you can see anything you want within six degrees you, you know yeah, i guess that's true but i guess it's just how you grew up too exactly you just love back to self-love exactly you actually have to take the word and understand it and not just use it as because it sounds good. As a soundbite, yeah, absolutely. I want to take this back real quick because I got to disclaim something before my mom gets mad at me. She did not drop the ball. She is, I will not disclose her age because that will also get me in trouble. But she doesn't know anything about technology. And she will be the first to admit that. <laughs> and so, like, just now, she, my dad is getting on Instagram. Just now. So now he's finally realizing, you know, everything that gets shown to us. And so now they're sort of like, okay, we understand where, you know, myself and my older sibling are coming from of this is, this can be dangerous Yeah. because they didn't understand it until just recently. They didn't understand, you know, the hype around social media. They didn't understand why it was such a big part of our lives until just the past couple of years. And so I feel like that is also the case for a lot of, uh, a lot of parents out there who are, you know, didn't grow up with social media, aren't really... Uh, into it sort of like I don't know in my head I say like 40 and up who have moved on with their lives they're not they don't care about it they don't understand how damaging it can be until they start to witness it themselves and that's sort of like 
my mom has always said like, oh, my generation was a pick it up and move along type of generation. Yeah. You never dwelled on anything. You never really gave anything much thought. You just had to pick up and move along. And I feel like that's how a lot of the older generations look at how damaging social media and how damaging body negativity can be today yeah. is a, you pick up and move along. You don't focus on it. Well, I will, I will not to interrupt you. I will, I agree with you for that generation. I'm gen X. I'm 43. Okay. Uh, but I will definitely advocate. Not everybody at that age is missing the hype, but they just—they weren't even taught about mental health. Yeah, they, they didn't know what the. It, they're saying they have these like comments from an external source, but they don't know the impact because they didn't deal with mental health. They just dealt with it. They just accepted it. They yeah. didn't deal with it head on. They're like, oh, you don't need to go talk to somebody. Like this is the whole another separate issue. Like no one yeah. was facing it at that in those generations. Yeah, and that's you know what you I go to the boomer about. generation. It's not knocking boomers or the, the 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 silent generation that was in the beginning of the 1900s. But I do a lot of reading. I'm a nerd, so I've yeah. looked at the different generations up to now, and like that's one of the biggest things. It's like the last up until the Gen X. Gen X was like the first one that was saying, hey. This thing up here, this anxiety goblet that we're all carrying around, is a fucking mess. Yeah. Like unless you start playing with it and kind of like dissecting it, and I obviously, from a clinical standpoint, you understand this, but generations before that didn't do that. You talked about psychology, mental health, well-being, and it was always, I'm so sorry. it was, just that's something else. You 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 go talk to your mom about that. You talk to someone in private versus having it be a public. Yeah, and that's sort of what I was talking about is like not only just body positivity, but also like dealing with mental health was a pick it up. Okay. Yeah, pick it up by your bootstraps and you move along. You don't focus on it long enough. And I feel like the stigma around mental health came a lot from journalism. And that's what I'm learning in my courses is you never tie a mental illness to a crime unless it is diagnosed. And that was something that I feel like was a huge thing in early journalism, especially in like the early 1900s, the 40s, 50s, 60s, was every crime was tied to, you know, some form of mental illness. Oh, you know, since and now it became that stigma of you have a mental illness, you're crazy, you don't want people to know you're crazy, don't go get help. You live your life and you deal with it. Um, so I read a lot of research of where people in like the early 1900s if you had depression you were in a psychiatric unit for yeah, months yeah. just depression whereas now that's so normalized and it's so treatable whereas before like you said it's just people thought you were clinically insane which yeah. is not the case yeah Nellie Bly I don't know if you read up about her uh, she became very famous because she got herself admitted to one of those lunatic asylums just to expose the conditions of it. And that led to a lot of the reforms of it. But that's how it was, was if you like, I think it was a lot of women who would kill their husbands would then get put in these lunatic asylums and would be treated awfully. And so Nellie Bly was like, I, I know what's happening in here. So I'm going to get myself admitted to expose what's happening here. Right. Exactly. Um, so what I was going to say before, back to social media, um, there is actually a some I don't know when this research study came out, but Instagram and Facebook actually did an internal review of people who were on the site, specifically those who were adolescents and then even more specifically those who identified as girls. Um, 
they found that one in three teenage girls were affected by social media in some way negatively and they have done nothing about it. They haven't changed any guidelines. They haven't done anything. They've kept quiet and tried to hide this research as much as possible. Um, And it's honestly disgusting having to see things like that. Yeah. Like, I feel like the only thing that they have done is like TikTok will show you when somebody has a filter on and that's all like I've seen a social media do. I haven't seen Instagram or Facebook do that where they say like this person has a filter on or like this is the filter that they're using. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I wish social media in some way would be able to change what they're doing um, and be able to help sort of who they're affecting and at any age, but it doesn't seem like they really give a shit, (laughs) honestly. Um, Going back to... Um, Maddie's parents not really knowing anything about social media my mother Lisa shout out to you um <laughs> she is older I will not disclose that because I will also get in trouble um she was on Facebook and was knew all the details about Facebook and she thought she was so cool sorry mom but you were <laughs> and she, when we finally were allowed to get iPhones halfway through middle school I the first thing I did was get an Instagram that's all I was allowed to have was an Instagram I could post pictures with my friends I could post pictures of myself and I remember the first picture I posted I was in sixth grade I was wearing a blue shirt and I had a blue bow in my hair and I had a bun I had my hair in a bun and I was just a selfie of me and I don't even remember what I captioned it but back then people did tbh and rates and likes and all that and not even the um aspect of social media um hurting because of filters and photoshop the people on social media are rude and i remember i used to get dms and tbh and rates that would be like seven you're smart but you're pretty ugly or you're bigger but you're funny and it's just like, why is that button there? And it yeah. always made me infuriated because that's what triggers a lot of people. And it definitely triggered in my head, like, oh, my goodness, that's how people look at me rather than, oh, you're really funny. Seven. <laughs> like, yeah. that's all you needed to say <laughs> in my little pea brain. Yeah. yeah so that, to be honest. But I remember it was so bad. Come on, Jen. Distinguished professor. Hilarious. Prehistoric distinguished professor. Some papyrus that I just printed. Yeah, but th- that's that's the yeah. thing about the like the the social media nowadays. It's just keyboard gangsters, and I think that's where you know from a even I'll, I'll take it outside of the the dating world or not dating world, uh, the fashion world and what we're talking about, and put a sliver of like the lens and optics of dating. Like, it's a bizarre scenario when you have just thumbs to communicate because it's like apes. On both accounts, like from what I've heard, in this I, I I'm single, and I'm participating. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise, right? 
surprise, surprise. <laughs> but no, the point is, is that I have a lot of experience. Like I've dated professionally in a way, and so as I've, I've uh, the online dating media has just been the social media component, like the Tinder, the swipes, eHarmony. Since I've had success online dating, and it's a great forum. However, since it hurts yeah. because there's this, there's this keyboard gangster they're judging you on the photos there's that there's that component but i'm also going to say this goes back to what we're talking about like about the fashion show about body positivity people are not having conversations with one another they're talking at each other i'm sorry this is email this is text any social media platform you're talking at somebody and when you give someone a pause i think to like respond that's a problem but then you got people that never even know you like are dropping comments on you and saying bullshit and it's like yeah. would you say this to this person in in, yeah. in real life yeah. would you yeah. really say this yeah. to this person in real yeah. life did your mother or father not teach you any manners I and I, I was the person that that will say what i'm gonna say <laughs> to your face but i get what you're saying it was just a joke. exactly <laughs> keyboard but, exa- but in terms of this yeah. yeah, and especially when they don't have their name associated with it. It's like, it's not like Hakey Talika. It's Cleveland 216-2020-22. It's like an, an ambiguous, you don't even know who's saying it. It's, it's just some hater that obviously their mental health and their cognitive abilities are just not happening. So anyways, I don't know if that made any sense or not, but Al, you got something to say? She does. She's like, oh, 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 shit. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, going back to the online dating, this is something that we haven't touched on. I'm not sure how much everybody here knows about it, but hookup culture. Oh, yeah, swipe life. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it's, yeah. Yeah, go to another one. But it's, you know, especially it's on Tinder is where it's the worst in my opinion. But it's people who only want your body and they don't want to do like, they don't want anything else to do with you. And so I feel like that's become the source of confidence for a lot of like college age girls is constantly having to have somebody. Yeah. Want you in that way. And that's where they think that validation is coming from. That's where they think they're beautiful is because somebody is constantly wanting them left and right, left and right, left and right. And it's, sort of a new wave of damage being done is that it's undoing the conversations that we've been having about body positivity and wanting you know higher standards higher expectations for somebody to love you it's you know downfall of all of that is now you're expected to have somebody new almost every single night you're expected to just go through go through go through not make connections that's not sort of what our generation doesn't want actual love they just want that quick connection go and that's what we've all sort of been conditioned to believe means like a lot builds you up is that validation it's just that quick somebody wants you very transactional yes yeah super transactional i read um yeah i read uh modern romance by aziz Ansari. do you know uh parks and rec yes so he teamed up and wrote a book with some NYU professors back in 2015, 2016. Yeah. And we'll just brief recap the, the dating component. But he talks about that. And he goes back to the boomers and the 
you know, the silent generation up until now, the, the, the swipe life, the hookup culture is here, correct, but yeah. it stemmed back to the baby boomers because that's when the divorce rate spiked. Because mm. people were getting married that weren't patriarchal. They weren't getting married to keep a woman barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and the man be the sturdy oak and leave it to beaver. The whole hippie movement happened. People were marrying for different values. And so that started people looking elsewhere for these outside of these traditional roles. But what their science, because he teamed up with a bunch of anthropologists, sociologists, psychologists, et cetera, And they're saying that people don't understand their values anymore. People have lost their values due to this vanity metric, this facade of seeing shit without understanding what's behind the scenes and taking time to develop it, having conversations with a partner. And that's, again, that's another podcast, but going on what you're saying, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, Grindr, whatever you're on, it's basically Amazon Prime for people. Yeah. But what gets delivered is typically from Wish. It's from like a, a like a knockoff. Oh it's garbage. God. It's like you don't look anything like your photos, That's and amazing. you cannot spell or speak. So what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. But it, I can see the damage, and, and like I said, yeah. it is damaging. It's Mm-hmm. You should. Uh, there's. A, there's. I'll share with you offline some some points of interest because it's. Uh, even me as participating in it, it's still. I'm learning every day, and even trying to do it new. You know, post pandemic, because everybody's on their fucking phones now. Everyone's yeah. phoning yeah. it in, and that's the difference. It's like, do you want someone to like? You want a pen pal, or do you want to go kick it with someone? Like you're getting ready to go on a boat. You wow. know, you're getting ready to go do your thing. You know, whenever you get to do that, you're going to be gone for months. And he's going to, I'm, I'm envious of his travels because he's going to disconnect from social media. He has Wi-Fi when he can, but he's not going to have to do that. And he's going to go be present with himself. He's going to go be present. And that's the biggest difference. Right? You probably have another episode. We'll, get, we'll dedicate one for you. Perfect. But uh, <laughs> it's mean. just like people can't be present. It's difficult to be present when, you know, we're all on our phones. I mean, we've all, since this last hour has been sitting here, reached for our phones and checked in messages. So as right. much as we advocate this open panel of conversations, everyone, I think, except you, or I don't know if you did or not, but we've all like checked in or the eye watches that everyone's yep. like this mm-hmm. and it's just weird. You know? Yeah. I mean, social media and just talking and communication via mobile devices is a type of reinforcement. Like you don't get anything from it except the gratification of who's on the other end. And mm. sometimes there's not even anyone on the other end and it's a robot. But you still get that gratification thinking that it's somebody else fulfilling those needs that you have. Basic human needs of like um, communication, comfortability, safety, all that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jen, we're coming up in 60 minutes, an hour plus. Beat last year's show. We've got a bigger panel this year, so it's a good thing. You got anything to add, Ms. Professor? Distinguished Distinguished Professor Bougie, Queen Bee. What else? So you're you're happy with this show? So April thirteenth, six o'clock. We'll share the show details on the uh, the the podcast and the tweets and all the social media. So, ah, <laughs> I did that yesterday. I'm trying to go to San Diego, and I'm like, oh fuck. You guys are yourself on air, right? Yeah, but it's my show. I can do whatever I want, right? This is personal media, though. What's that? Oh. Yeah. That's the word they use for other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anyways. <laughs> so, 
With all said and done, I think we're done here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Miss Jen, thank you so much for coming by. Wait a minute. I have a question for you. Since this is your second year, what have you learned now from this is your second podcast and your second runway? You know, what have you learned for the show itself? Positivity Uh, from a male standpoint. um, There's different elements, I think, uh, from what I've learned, what I've read. um, The female male gender aspect outside of the communities that are uh, evolving now it's just tough because guys don't talk about this shit they have a different perspective they have a very alpha kind of arrogant caveman perspective on these intimate topics um for me personally i enjoy it it's nice you know i'm learning and i want to advocate and share so this fact that it's like the second show for me it's fun i'm excited um but as a as a as a dude that doesn't really get into the fashion world as what it is, what it, what it can be, I like fashion. I'm a minimalist. I like gray pants and monochromatic clothing and whatever. But I do see from a male standpoint, like there's a lot of males out there, a lot of guys out there that are fucking walking around with like a like unhealthy mental component based off of body positivity. They want to be the beef eaters, the guys in the gym that are just eating plates of weights and 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 all that stuff. And that's another show, possibly. But the female component side of things, like the traditional where we have gotten to, I think it's been a great movement, a wave. And I just, in my, I want to see more males get involved and like take ownership of it. Like you don't have to be six packed out, like beef caked out. Just love your body, and it's not, it's not, it's it's not a negative. Yeah, you want to see it, right? Is that what you're saying? No, I said I oh, yeah, right? I'm an aspiring DILF. Like, yes, I have no kids that I know of, no wife, no nothing. I'm just an expiring DILF. Like, that's it. Like, that's it. That's my goal. And I like, as long as I got a little muffin top, it's fine. I don't care. But it, that's, that's what I want to see after a year or two. Um, obviously, keep the movement going. But from a male standpoint, get more healthy men involved, especially from a younger perspective, because it's all viral vanity based stuff so you know that's what i want to see but other than that that's all i got yeah this is also a separate show but the male gaze affects men yeah it's set up by men it affects all genders yeah so absolutely so miss maddie do you have any closing statements come see the show absolutely april 13th 6 p.m beagley center all right be there so we'll get uh before we wrap up we'll when i post this we'll get everyone's socials if you don't mind yeah. we'll put links Go and everything if you got uh, your clinic that you want to offer uh and and provide professional support for we can co- coordinate offline and we'll package it all up but maddie you got your two cents in miss jen bougie yeah. professor award winner nia yeah. do you have anything distinguished sorry distinguished. i gotta yes. distinguished bougie no come on faculty of the year all right miss nia do you got anything incredible all right, uh, Corinne, you want to add anything? All right. Come see the show. That's it. Aaron just gonna yell across the room. Love yourself. Love yourself. Come see the show. Project Falcor, what do you got, bud? Just auditing. Just auditing. <laughs> A man, a few words. Well, hey, y'all, thank you for listening. That's about it for us. Uh, I hope everyone sticks around. We're gonna go grab a beer or some food, maybe, yeah, in downtown yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> Yeah, go check out downtown Cleveland. Well, thank you all. It was a great show. Uh, Thank you for entertaining my 
Yeah, what is this? The snaps again? Yeah, By the way, this is all mode. audio. There's no hidden camera. It's audio only for me it's to... Some ASMR for those. Yeah, exactly. For those ASR... What is it? ASMR. Yeah. Um, it's an audio sensory something. It's basically like... Desire it's, from sound. Like it's lust. Yeah. You get turned on well, by sound. Well, no. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's a misconception is that it's all sexual. That's, that's a different thing yeah it's soothing that's another podcast yes it's the misconception of what people don't understand is immediately sexual but isn't it founded in that isn't that how it started maybe um i think yeah it's the satisfaction yeah. it's the whisper but when you get into the freudian aspect like the deep down rooted stuff well yeah i'm good Probably. but like the yeah but here here's the thing i did a 12 uh <laughs> for real <laughs> so i did uh i moved here Two years ago, I did a podcast with my, four, at the time, 14-year-old niece. She was going into sixth grade, and she came on, and she nailed it. Like, did 30 minutes, nailed it. I had people asking about the podcast. Who is this woman? Who is this speaker? I was like, this is my 14-year-old niece. And I was like, That's, she got one of the most popular episodes downloaded, like thousands of episodes. But at the end, she was like, do you know what ASMR is? And I'm like, no. And so I Googled it just real quickly. got the Wikipedia version of it. And then she's talking to me. She's like, we could do ASMR videos. And oh, I saw what it was. so much money. And I saw what it was. I was like, you're 13 or 14. Why do you know this already? And I was just, because, again, I didn't deep dive into it. But, yeah, it's a big movement about there. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like if I had a cucumber. It's audio sensory. So it's like nails. I'll eat. On the I could eat food. It's yeah. like whispering. Um, or eating food. There's videos eating. of just people's mouths right. Right. eating yeah, different eat textures. And it's just like. Haircutting, like nails tapping on surfaces. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get into another show maybe. We'll yeah. Just get a round of shots for everybody. <laughs> yeah. And we'll do episode Everybody's two right now. Everybody's gotta go get acrylics. Perfect. Awesome. Well, any last closing comments for everybody else? No. Well, hey y'all, thank you for visiting. Thank you for coming on the show, and uh, we'll get this out to everybody soon. Thank you for listening, y'all. Catch you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye.